Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, this is a very special episode we have coming up. Uh, and But if you've never listened to this show before, um, this is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a friend to talk about a video game from their past that was special to them. And we dive into why that was the case. We also dive into not only what they love about this particular game, but also what was special about the context around when they played it and uh, really fell for it. Well, usually for the first time. Um, uh, now, a little bit of housekeeping up top as uh, if you would like to visit our website, we do have one. That's at callmebyyourgame.com, all spelled the normal ways. If you have any questions, any suggestions, want to reach out, want to tell us stuff you're liking, stuff you're not liking, you can uh, always reach us at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And then uh, if you're looking to support the show further than just listening to it, which you are already doing, if you hear my voice, uh, then there's two ways you can do that. Uh, One is um, the more ratings and reviews a show has in the Apple Podcast Store, the greater its reach. Uh, We're always looking to up our reach. We want more people to be listening to the show um, uh, at always. That would be really fun for us. So you can give us a rating and review in the Apple Podcast Store. Um, And then also, uh, the most important thing would be to share this with a friend. If you know someone who plays video games, who loves maybe the game we're talking about today, share this episode with them or another one. And uh, that's uh, really uh, the best thing you can do. And that's it for the housekeeping. We'll get into the fun right now. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest today. He is a podcast host, podcast editor, podcast genius, uh, actor, improviser, just just a little legend himself. Uh, welcome, July Diaz. Hello. Thanks for having me, Connor. Hey, you bet. It's a long time coming. And, and you know, it's, I real, I'm realizing you're the final member of the, you know, Zoo Tycoon core crew to do this show. I know it's amazing. All it took was a pandemic for me to get on the show finally. <laughs> yeah, I was really like, you know, July, I'd love to get you on the show, but like being in a room together, we're both such alpha males that like it Absolutely. just doesn't it doesn't work for us. Like if anyone's ever heard us on Jeremy's show, video games, a comedy show, they can probably feel the intensity. It's electric and it's just a room can't contain us, but this, this works. I think, uh, just keeping as much distance as possible. Me too. Uh, I think it works great. In fact, uh, it might be just like the only way we should ever interact. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I thought you might agree with me. Uh, well, uh, well, thank, thank you for coming on today. This is really fun. Um, we have, uh, a, a, I mean, all the episodes are special. Truly, every time I listen to them, uh, I, like back to review for the show, I'm always so happy at how they turn out uh, universally. But this one is a special show because we're talking about um, one of the greatest games of all time. Wait, are one you talking the- about your own show, Connor? What did you, what did I say? You, you said you listen back to your episodes and you just love how good they sound. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I 100% am saying that. I just, okay. I like, well, I'll review the show before we put it up so I can write a description like you know, probably most people do with their shows. Oh, I see what you're and, saying. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I'm just always like so happy because part of it is just like sitting in on a discussion again with me and a friend. So it's usually fun. Sure. Um, but I think regardless, we're, we're talking about one of the greatest games of all time today. This was July's request. Uh, yes. I had to tell some other people no. And that is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. 
Beautiful, beautiful. And this is where you're going to insert the music, right? Yeah, we'll insert the the Ocarina of Time music, the opening uh, yes. screen. Um, and then the Ocarina will come in. But yeah, one of the greatest games ever. Before we uh, dive into uh, this game in particular, telling you about the game, talk to July about his experience with the game. July, I let's dive into your history with video games in general. Uh, how did you get into games in the first place? Uh-huh. Okay, so... This is a good question. I think I've just been around gaming my whole life. I feel like there are always Nintendo games in particular around. I think <laughs> I, I think the first like experience with the actual uh, game I had was with the the original Game Boy, and I had maybe Tetris on it Ooh. and Doctor Cla- Mario. The classic pair. Yeah, the classic pair, Tetris and Game Boy. Uh, yeah, I had Dr. Mario on that, and then maybe Super Mario Land 2, Ooh. I had that on there. Um, but yeah, I, I think I was a huge handheld uh, video game player first, and gradually I, I moved on to Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, N64, PlayStation, PS2... 360, uh, I miss PS3, uh, mm. I have a Wii, uh, nice. Wii U. Um, oh yeah, we're what, both what Wii U owners. We deserve like a little badge. Yeah, give me the Wii U badge. Uh, <laughs> Dreamcast I skipped though, that's that's one of the bigger consoles I skipped. Mm. And the original Xbox. Gotcha. Um, and obviously you still have the modern consoles today i know you you have a ps4 and a switch you you're yes. not an xbox owner correct no and it's uh i don't know after 360 i enjoyed myself with the 360 but after that uh, after making the switch to the to uh, to switch and the ps4 i just don't see anything grabbing me to go over to the to the xbox one Sure. That's understandable. Also, it's like already, you know, if you're going to dedicate yourself to two consoles and, and not only that, but you, uh, I'll just go ahead and out you here. You play a lot of games. You like to hit <laughs> oh the big God, ones. Oh my God, how dare you help me like this? <laughs> you know, it was, I figured, uh, you weren't going to do it yourself. So I'm just going to go ahead and just, uh, take that and run with it. Oh my God. Uh, but like, that is a lot to do. It's like, I don't under, I don't know how someone would have you know all three consoles play most of the major releases and have time for even that like i don't even have time for the like ps4 and switch stuff for the most part right right and i don't know if you talked about this on on this show before but i found myself when i was younger always longing to just have every game i wanted when it immediately came out but that was never the case i always had Mm -hmm. to like save money or i would get it for uh, a birthday or christmas gift uh and then i always had to like choose the one game i wanted but Mm -hmm. now i feel like i can just buy any game i want but i don't necessarily have the time to play everything to the extent that i want to now it's like there's some this is there's some sort of fable here and the fable is that like it's like you know you long for this thing your whole life when you have all the time and then you have none of the time but you have all of the games. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of why I still love getting physical games cuz it's at least I have them on my shelf and I could be like oh you know just have that experience of having owning it but never <laughs> actually getting to it. <laughs> it's it, there is truly something to that. I feel the same way. It's like if I can just like like right now I'm in the at a desk in in the like office 
office dream room and I'll turn around and look at like a tower of games I have. And it's just satisfying to look at. Yeah, it's even great. If, even if you can't play them, it's like, hey, they're right there. They're there. We're attached. We're good. It's comforting. Um, it's comfort food. It is. Uh, abs- same. I, I feel the same way for myself. Um, do you remember how you got that first Game Boy? Was it like, uh, and I don't think you said earlier, was it a gift? Was yeah, it- I believe it was a birthday gift. Um, yeah, and I think I got it somewhere. I, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. I believe I got it somewhere in like a secondhand video game store downtown. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to any of these stores before, but... Uh, it's also it's been years since I've gone, but I feel like downtown LA has certain stores that are just like mom and pop video game shops that just oh. have like a ton of rare stuff, but also just knockoff video game stuff. <laughs> That's funny. I I've never been to the ones downtown. Um, I didn't realize they were there. Do you know if they're still around? I mean, I don't know now, man, because yeah. of the pandemic. But because <laughs> uh, like everything we talk about now has to be like, okay, so like you know, before this happened, was that still there? Because now it's like all bets are off, for sure. But it was, I believe, it was in the toy district area where there's like a lot of mom and pop shop. You could get a lot of like cheap items down there. Yeah, that's awesome. Really cool. I've only been, I mean, I think I would assume you've been to a couple other stores, but I've been to uh, World 8 a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Game Realms a bunch, and then I've been Game to Game Dude. Game Dude, I've checked out as well. And I feel like there's a fourth one around that I've like, hmm, maybe you don't know. That, GameStop? Game, yeah, the, uh, the other mom and pop store, GameStop. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, so I have not familiar with those, but that's really cool. I love that. Um, and you pretty much, it sounds like you kind of uh, stayed with, like games were a part of your life and you didn't really have any severe gaps. I know a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, I think when I went to college for a year to UC Santa Cruz, I, I took my 360 with me. But I didn't really play it. I I kind of, (laughs) that was like the time where I kind of was away from games for that whole year. And uh, it wasn't until after that when I came back to LA is when I jumped back onto uh, 360. And, um, but yeah, I I think that was the main console for a long time. Mm -hmm. There was definitely a gap between 360. When did the Wii U come out? Do you know? Yeah, that was um, winter, or sorry, like December 2012. Yeah, so that might have been the next console I moved to. Gotcha. And then obviously the Switch after that. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, well, neat. Was there anything else you wanted to share about like your personal history with uh, with video games, or is that pretty good for you? Well, I, there was this story that I've, I've shared before on uh, another podcast, uh, uh, Jeremy's podcast, um, which, by mm-hmm. the way, I'm, I'm missing Jeremy here. Uh, uh, I know. would love to hear him laughing at our, our whole conversation in the back. <laughs> it's weird. We'll insert, we, I should ask Jeremy every week to listen to it, but to s- record his track as if he were there so we could get laughs like in the other. I would <laughs> love that. If you can just sprinkle in his laughs, <laughs> in between the conversation, that'd be great. Truly, and it's and you know, uh, of course, his mic has to be he the mic he's recording with needs to be not set up pointed at him. It needs to be like in the room as if we're there. So it's yes, like in the absolutely. background. Cool. But uh, go yes. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, I shared the story on on his show, which is when my sister was born. I got the I, I had just gotten the Incredible Hulk game for the Super Nintendo, <laughs> and um, when my parents got home from the hospital and, and brought her home, they they said, "Oh, come meet your sister," and I kind of was like. <laughs> indifferent and wanted to just finish <laughs> my game uh, before getting up and doing anything else <laughs> that's amazing uh, it's funny because i think what's what's special about that <laughs> july I'm, and i'm being a hundred percent serious or at least trying to uh -huh. be genuine is that sure like i think most of us i'll i mean not most of us I'll just say that I relate to that feeling. There's plenty of times in my life where I am like enjoying <laughs> a game so much that I'm like, I don't want to do the thing that someone's asking me to do. Sure. Um, and it, sometimes they might be like a thing you should do, like go meet your baby sister or go help <laughs> with dinner or, yeah. you know, be responsible. But you had the gumption to be true to yourself in that moment. And whereas like I would fold in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I don't want to, you know, show my age here, but I, I was very young for, to be doing this. I mean, I, I should have been, I don't know what I was thinking. I definitely wasn't old enough to know what I was doing. I don't know. But Yeah, uh, it was just something you just did as a kid, but it's kind of funny that you were so young almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as in it, uh, But yeah, I'm another experience I have with so games funny. is uh, when, the, when Super Mario 64 first came out, mm -hmm. I was uh, in the hospital for like three days. Like I was oh, wow. really sick and no one knew what it was. So I kind of was like, uh, all these doctors were doing all these tests on me and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, th at the time they had these like game stations that you can roll into like the, the off the different rooms in the hospital. Oh yeah. And they had one specifically uh, for Super Mario 64 and it was like a N64 like designed uh, like i don't like know uh, like kind of like yeah they would roll like a tv into with a vcr into a classroom exactly like a like an av club type of thing okay but it was just a, for this game and i remember playing that for that whole weekend <laughs> when you probably didn't let it out of your room no no when ultimately <laughs> they found out that i just had gas or something and it was not serious at all <laughs> But dude, that was like a master plan of you getting into the hospital. You must have seen some kid on some like like a news show in the hospital had an N64 in a station and you were like, that's that's the way. And so you like had gas, self, self-inflicted gas probably. I mean, I guess so. I don't remember <laughs> thinking that, but but also I don't remember like feeling that sick either. I don't know. <laughs> This is so funny. <laughs> Sounds like just like a great weekend in a bed playing Mario 64 to me. I mean, it truly was. That's that's kind of what led me to loving that game so much. It's just the hours playing that game. That that's weekend. amazing. Yeah, that was a really special one uh, for me too. I remember uh, seeing that at a uh, at a Toys R Us in like a little one of the kiosks or like game stations they have there. And I loved Mario already. My parents had an NES, but so mm -hmm. my only experience was... Uh, Mario, the Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3. But that even that being the case, I saw that in 3D and immediately, like, I, there was no, like, time that I went home and thought, is this something I want? Is that cool? I think it was mm -hmm. a pretty immediate, like, I have to have this thing. Right, right. 
So, and, and, uh, kind of the same thing with the game we're going to talk about today. And, uh, and if you are ready, let's go ahead and move into the game history and context. Oh yeah, please. All right, cool. So once again, if you missed it earlier and you were just, uh, you know, so, uh, distracted by how cool it is to listen to July and I alone on the same podcast, (laughs) the game we're covering today is the legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. So Again, like I told you earlier, July, I'm just going to start spouting off uh, some game history and context, mm-hmm. interrupt, interject anytime. Um, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64 in 1998. Uh, it is the fifth game in the Zelda series and first with 3D graphics, and uh, it's th- at this point when I started typing this, I was like, this feels so weird to be like typing out <laughs> such like a like a procedural thing about this game because oh, that's interesting i didn't know you Ogre. i didn't know you typed this out i thought that you're reading from a wikipedia article or something well it, actually both are th- both things are true this a lot of this is from wikipedia and uh-huh. then i wrote it out too on a little episode guide I oh, that's cool look <laughs> yeah. at you doing the work yeah look look at me uh just tanking it off wikipedia um but it was at this <laughs> point when i was writing i was like I mean, like this game almost needs no introduction. It's the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. It's the first I know how you Zelda feel. game. I know how you feel. Yeah, same for me. It's nuts. Um, I in that, in that point, I just started being like, it's kind of hard to find. I don't think I've ever seen like a list of the best games of all time and not seen this in the discussion near the top, even on top. Oh, um, thank God! I I was worried that sentence was going somewhere else that you've never <laughs> no, seen a top 10 list of ge- video games of all time <laughs> no thankfully it's not thankfully not the case um but anyway this game uh, even though it, it it's one of the greatest games of all time it was su- incredibly influential and even though it borrows like so much from link to the past uh, including like the story structure and the game structure it, it was does still, uh, uh you know surprise surprise everyone <laughs> oh, wow. nobody knew that before i shared it isn't that crazy that is insane insane uh but i mean it's one of those things where like even though that happened uh it still remains like a touchstone of video games i mean it modernized 3d adventure games set the standard for third-party action mechanics with the z-targeting system ah uh, yes um yeah and it's uh if you've never played it out there which is probably not too many people um but if you've never played it it's mostly an action adventure game where you're going through the land of hyrule solving puzzles uh like performing combat. Um, and in the game, the player controls Link, Krakiri child of the forest, who thanks to this very new fairy Navi, uh, is sent on a quest to stop Ganondorf from stealing the Triforce and destroying the world. Uh, after Zelda disappears and leaves Link with the Ocarina of Time, he opens the door to the Sacred Realm and is suspended in time for seven years. And while he is frozen, Ganon is stolen the Triforce of Power and taken over the world of Hyrule. So... That's uh, kind of the story of the game without the end. So I have um, a question about that. Yeah. Uh, how old is young Link? Do you know? I, be- I believe 10. Uh, I want to say 10. And then adult Link is like 17, which is okay. funny because, you know, I mean, at least to us, like uh, an adult is 18. Uh, sure. Let's, let's see. I, I tried to search young Link. No, I was wrong. He's nine and then 16 as an adult. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I wish that when Link would have woken up after being, you know, suspended in time for seven years, that they would have, the sages would have thrown him a sweet 16 in the sacred realm. Oh, sweet 16. That would yeah. be good. Uh, what, what kind of party do you think Link would have for a sweet 16? Oh, I think he would be 
uh, like one of those kids that like really wants to be celebrated and wants a lot of attention, but like acts like he doesn't like he's, he'd be a little bit of a angsty teen, I would oh, say for sure. For sure. But like, but once, you know, the Deku scrubs start showing up, once the, uh, the Gibdo show up and, and like Malin, Malin, he's probably going to come out of his shell a little bit. Oh, I, I believe so. I, I yeah. totally agree. And, um, yeah, it's really stupid of them for them not to do that. Totally, yeah. I, in fact, I mean, do we just want to say right now, like, it's, I, it doesn't make the game unplayable, but, like, it is a, it's unfortunate, I would say. I'm disappointed. I mean, like you said earlier, for anyone who hasn't played the game, don't let this deter you. The game's still great, yes, but yes. let it be known that it would be a much greater game if this was included in the game. Yes, and I mean, on top of that, dude, at the end of the game, once you defeat, once you like defeat, I mean, spoilers, defeat Ganondorf, Hyrule throws a party. That's true. At no point, I mean, it's just like, a, it's like you're getting trolled at that point by the the, the developers. Like, which, they knew what we wanted. Which, uh, that, that sequence, the, the, the credits, is one of the greatest uh, heartwarming things I've ever seen in a video game. It really is. You know, I really want, I think I've, I want to see someone do a video like some, one of those YouTubers and like, you know how they'll like deconstruct games or look at the source code or like the, and find stuff that's like left in there. Mm -hmm. Like I bet you that there is source code in there that like they took out like the sweet 16 party and just made it a regular party. That's we my, need, we need to figure this out. Yeah. There's source code out there for the sweet 16 link party. Get More to right. it listeners. Yeah, seriously. So, but you know, I mean, aside from that, uh, extreme, uh, a misstep by Nintendo and the developers of this game, uh, it was extremely successful. Like we said earlier, considered one of the greatest games of all time, a commercial success as well. It's been remastered and ported a bunch. It's been ported a bunch. It's been remastered for the. In 3DS. my opinion, not enough. Not enough. I mean, actually, I agree. Like, it should be on the Switch. <laughs> like, just get it on there. It should um, be on the Switch. For for you, July, did you ever play the uh, remake on the 3DS? So. I own two versions of it. I have a physical copy and a downloadable copy because it was like on sale um, on the eShop at some point and I had just upgraded to a a new 3DS, which is, I guess, a little bigger or Mm -hmm. or something. And so I own it twice and I've yet to play those. Gotcha. Sort of back to the conversation (laughs) we had earlier of just like I... It feels good to know that I have this, yes. but I just never got around to play it. To play it, but also because <laughs> I've played the original for the sixty-four so many times. Yeah, it's you know it. I don't know about you, but this is a game. This is one of the games I played the most, uh, and I kind of do know it like in and out pretty much. I do too, and I, I actually I own the original nintendo um player's guide for the game Dude. and i had i lost it so, somehow at, oh, no. over the years and not that like a few months ago i ordered a new one or a used one from ebay and it, uh, i love it it's it just it oh i'm so it happy it brings me back to, to like playing through the game using it but also not and and doing those little challenges like okay mm-hmm. this time i'm gonna play through the game not looking at the guide yeah and Dude, uh, that is cool yeah Ugh. 
I had a friend who had that exact guide. I think you sent us a picture of it. I think Link is like looking down the down the arrow of his bow. At, that's like yes. the picture on front, but oh, that's so cool. And what's cool about it too is it's written in the third person as it's telling a story. It's not really? like a typical guy that says, all right, now you have to go here to do this. It's it's told as like a fable. Like oh. Link went to the water temple and he he met the Zoras and this and, you know, it's it's really cool. That's awesome. I love that uh, choice. That's like, that's the sort of thing that could get a kid who doesn't have a video game system. Like if they read that into it and then wanting in <laughs> 64. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that's really cool. The last two things I wanted to share about this game, uh, before we move on, uh, to your experience is that, uh, this game also does have a direct sequel, uh, the legend of Zelda Majora's mask, which came out in the year 2000. So two years after Ocarina, mm-hmm. uh, and Ocarina's of Time's plot was eventually responsible for the notable or the infamous Zelda timeline split that was published by Nintendo in 2011. Yes. Yes. Are you a, a timeline truther? Are you like, you know, I don't really care? Or you, where, where do you stand on that? Um, there was a time where I, I, I wanted to care, but then I decided not to. And I just, listen, I just, I love all the Zelda games. I don't <laughs> yeah. necessarily care what order, what takes place in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also some Zelda games that I, I, I didn't beat because I yeah. just, I don't know. I feel like I always came back to this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Majora's Mask I haven't fully beat. Oh wow. Dang. Uh but I definitely played through it a couple times. Yeah. It's uh you know, just, I haven't yeah. Yeah. The, I mean I, I can relate to that. I haven't beat all the Zelda games. I think all the mainline ones, uh, with the exception of Zelda one and two, I've never come close to beating those, but the mm-hmm. mainline console ones I do beat and then some of the handhelds, but I haven't not beaten most of them. And and part of it too is uh, I never beat Breath of the Wild, and it's not because um, uh, I didn't have time to. It's more I didn't want the story to end, and yeah. I, that game is just so great, just exploring so mm-hmm. much in that game. But I definitely need to go back and and finish that uh, before the part two comes out. Totally. Yeah. I, I remember there was a point when I was playing through that game where I'd been playing it for two months and like 120 hours. And suddenly I was like, you know what? I could make this last forever, but I kind of want to go see the end. And then I just went and, you know, you, you see the end and it's pretty great, but it's, that game is, you know, definitely about the journey and not the destination. Yes. While I agreed. think the destination was ultimately pretty cool, but, um, killer dude uh well let's go ahead and just move on uh to the main event and that is your history with the game so uh the legend of zelda ocarina of time uh july how did this game come into your life okay so this game i i believe my at the time my downstairs neighbor had it for his 64 and Mm -hmm. i would go see him play it he was uh, the old, uh, the older brother of the friend I had. Oh, who cool. who lived downstairs from us at the time, and um, yeah, and I just remember seeing it, and, and he was like, I think in the fire temple at that point, and it just mm-hmm. looked so cool. I didn't know what the game was at the time. I've never played a Zelda game before that. It looks so. It's like love at first sight, almost. Yeah, definitely. Wow. It was just like. I was awestruck at the game. And um, I think, uh, do, do you know when Smash came out for 64? Was it fairly yeah, that was, later uh, than that? 
Yeah, the next year, 1999. Okay, so I think I didn't play Zelda Ocarina of Time until after Smash, because I think I got Smash Brothers first, then Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time. Mm, cool. Uh, I think that was a Christmas gift, and I just, yeah, once I got it, I was just like, to me, it felt like the next step of, okay, this is, this is like a real game. This isn't <laughs> Super Mario Brothers where you can, like any little kid can pick it up and kind of get what it is. This yeah. is like, this game is not going to hold your hand. There are parts in the game, if you don't have a guide, it kind of can get confusing totally. as to what to do next or, or you know, all the side quest stuff. Like if you don't know anything about that, you can totally skip those and have mm-hmm. no idea. Um, so yeah, w- doing replays of it, I would learn before getting the guide is uh, like the big Goron sword side mm-hmm. quests and stuff. I ha- I figured all that stuff on my own, which is oh, nice. again this is like pre, you know, YouTube and and all, all these like videos where you can just look this up and, and figure yeah. out how to beat the game. Totally. That's a, that's kind of, that's one of those things that about this game, and I don't know if you'll feel the exact same, but I have played this game so many times, like probably close to 20 times now, um, that, uh, I can forget about the parts that are not easily discovered that, or that, like you were saying, without a guide can be difficult to figure out. Absolutely. Just because we know it so well. Like we've been through this 30 times. It's like, oh yeah, I know that the, 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 the extra key in the water temple is kind of hidden. It's in the central tower. And when you raise the water, you can go below. But, but when I first played that game, I was stumped and that happens uh, several times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, it was also one of these games where I could share like with other members of my family. Like mm-hmm. my dad is a huge gamer and he would play this game. And I remember the a part in the water temple uh, where you would get really frustrated at, at it. And it was just <laughs> it was so funny to me. Like I just couldn't like, I always told myself like, I'm never going to get like super mad at a game. Yeah. I'm just going to like, I'll take a break if it's like too much for me. You were having and, this thought back then. Yeah, yeah. What a mature young man. Yeah, because it always was like silly to me to like it's such a like a this is literally a a, a child toy <laughs> thing like and you're getting mad at it. Yeah, you know, it sounds like it's like an obvious thing because I think you. I mean, that's you just had a healthy perspective on it. I was the opposite as a kid. I had some attitude problems, and my parents would be like, <laughs> "If you can't, if you're gonna get mad, you can't play the game," and then that would just make me more mad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, dude, I was just such a little brat. Like, I think, I like to think a lot of kids are like me, but I don't know for sure. Uh, <laughs> that's really cool um, th- how you got it. And so you got, like you said, you got it for like maybe like a, a Christmas gift. Um, yeah, I believe so. Because I think I got Smash for my birthday. And that was, my birthday's in the summer. So then I would have gotten Ocarina of Time in the holidays. In August? June, June 26th. Oh, coming up. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very cool. Do you um, remember uh, like when you first played this game where you said you kind of played it with or your dad played it too. Were you sharing a file? Was Were you doing separate ones and just kind of sitting down to watch each other play too? Um, no, but I, de- I definitely have 
he played his file before mm-hmm. and even before like i think i even had played his file or maybe my neighbor's file on his system oh, gotcha. once he had already like beat the game so mm-hmm. i had actually i think i actually played the game with adult link with everything almost everything unlocked before playing it through <laughs> my first time just from the start so it was kind That's of so an interesting cool like oh so this is like this is what you get like this is what yeah. you're gonna get to at, at this game so which mm. i didn't mind because when you do like a new game plus or whatever um it's kind of cool and enticing like oh how did you get here this would be a fun it's a fun different way to approach the game i think absolutely and and that game this game obviously you know it's a i don't know i mean you could call it an open world game the world now i mean at the time when that came out it was like the most expansive crazy thing like hyrule field was like the biggest landscape we'd ever seen but now oh my god and then when it gets dark it was so scary to me it was well. That, that's let's talk about the that if you don't mind. Like the the one thing that is so awesome about this game that you might also enjoy is like the atmosphere. Oh, definitely, I love it. Like I mean, like you were saying, like when you're out in the even just like I guess thinking about the atmosphere of Hyrule Field is very cool, and it's I mean it's varied in the sense that there are kind of like two atmospheres it has. It's like during the day, it's this it's it's this open like field that you can just run across or ride Epona and it's like glorious. The music makes you feel like you're going somewhere, but at night it's like you're like trapped outside of Hyrule and the like skeletons come out. The donkey skeletons are like (laughs) stuff of nightmares. (laughs) And especially when you're an adult link and everything is sort of like just sad and, um, Mm -hmm you know apocalyptic and it's 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 really a it's really a metaphor for life you know when you get older everything looks so much more grayer and and bleaker than it was when you were a kid you know Uh, i mean unfortunately it kind of does feel like that a lot especially right now when we're like (laughs) sure i think most of the time we may uh if like you know we weren't in a situation like this we would have been like okay you know what i'm exaggerating a little bit life is fine whatever i'll be okay but right now it's like no, nah, this shit's pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that does, I think, ring very true. Um, let, what do you remember? Like, you already, and so you already knew that you would get to be adult Link, but I mean, which obviously is like a big draw to the game that there's like kind of two parts to it, mm-hmm. or that you go from being child Link, who is pretty capable to adult Link. That transformation was awesome. You already knew about that, but that didn't like deter you from playing it. No, because I don't think at the time I I realized like, oh, this this was like the actual like post game part gotcha. of it. I thought, you know, maybe this was just still like before the ending or whatever. And it could have been. I, I just I can't really recall, but I definitely remember playing as an adult link with like the gauntlets that can carry <laughs> the the what what are they like the gold gauntlets that can carry like the huge boulders and stuff? Yeah, you could like throw those few pillars that are in the game. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing that before you know actually <laughs> starting my uh, save file. That's so funny. Yet when you're a child, Link, when you first start out, you can't even lift a like a bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, how far Link comes. Um, 
Very cool. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much that we could talk about this game. What do you want to talk about? Or like, what do you love that you really want to discuss today? What do I love about the game? I mean, uh, it, to me, you- it was like the first game where you can, uh, it, it felt like, I mean, this is the whole thing about the dungeon system. It felt like a ton of games in one game because mm. of the dungeon system to me. Interesting. Um, just cause like each dungeon was kind of its own big puzzle and thing to explore sort of. Totally. And when you're playing through it the first time and you don't know, you know, how to solve it, everything, or <laughs> it, it can, it can take you a, a while to beat through it. And it just felt like in a good way, like it, it was a very long, long process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I still play this way. I like to just explore everything, right? I don't like to rush through things. Oh, sure. I, there, there are certain games that I would do that with, but I, I think for the most part now, I, I just love, you know, especially because in games, I feel now do an effort of putting a lot of like secret locations and extra content for you to mm. discover in the game. Yes, uh, definitely. And I don't, don't want to feel like I'm missing out, you know? Totally. You don't want to, like... I mean, most of the time, I feel like in, in this game, even, like, if you are exploring every nook and cranny of, like, let's say the Kokiri Forest or village or whatever, like, most of the things you're just missing out on are probably, like, dial, different dialogue you wouldn't hear. or For sure. A, or maybe a slightly different character. But then sometimes there's, like, a, mag- a little bean patch that... At the time, you obviously don't know what it's for, but it's something to come back to. And this game had that. Yeah, or like you, who would have known uh, cutting a chicken would make a whole like <laughs> army of chickens chase you until you like enter a building or something, you know? <laughs> it's true. I I don't know about you. One of the thing I used to do, I mean, I think we've all had our chicken phases or cuckoo, cook, cuckoo, whatever they're Cuckoos. called. Cuckoo. Uh uh, his his home life's probably rough, but uh, I would like to go into Cockerdoodle Village. Well, he's Village. a cook. <laughs> exactly. Cockerdoodle do. Um, going into like Cockerico Village, going ham on like one cuckoo, and then it goes into its like POV rage. Uh, yes. And then trying to like sprint out of Cockerico without getting hit was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So much personality in this game, too. Um, like the, I love the, like you said, it was kind of the first like, I mean, r- real feeling game almost. It was like its own, uh, like th- at least for 3D games, it was like this big world with these characters that... Yeah, and it felt own. mature. Like um, Link is going through a lot of crazy shit throughout the game. And it's like, even when he's just a child. And uh, I mean, I guess he is a child throughout the whole thing because the yeah. whole thing is him switching back and forth, becoming an adult and a uh, child. Yeah. It's kind of like big. It is like big. I think, I mean, did you, I don't know if you've seen this, but like, I'm pretty sure uh, that like, it's like a an interview that hasn't come out yet, but Miyamoto was like, actually this game was more influenced by Tom Hanks Big than it was, you know, adventure games or like Link to the Past. Oh, right. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, it's because yeah. it begins and it ends with young Link. Mm-hmm. It's his yeah. journey, ultimately. It's not the adult Link's mm-hmm. journey. It's just he's using that to, you know, save 
Hyrule bec- uh, because of Ganon and his uh, control mm-hmm. over the time and space, right? Totally. I think uh, one of my favorite, uh, another thing I'm pretty sure was like taken out of the game, like we were talking about earlier, that's like in the, it's in the coding is uh, that the Temple of Time originally was, uh, it was actually just like a Zoltan booth. You go in and make like a wish, like from big. So it was like pretty blatant. I kind of understand. Yeah. I kind of understand why they made it like a Temple of Time, like the other things. You know, and I have actually, um, I love this game a lot, and I was uh, reading through some old electronic gaming monthlies that I had mm-hmm. when cool. the game came out. Oh, wow. And there was an article on it, on this game, and it said something about, you know, uh, an- another similarity to the, to the movie Big, where <laughs> Zelda's age was actually supposed to be, like, twice as old as young link originally and there was there was supposed to be like some sort of like intimate romantic sexual scene between them oh wow in the game sort of like big oh yeah that makes sense you know there is like a whole like part of that game this game that doesn't it's like one of those things where it's like it feels like something's missing. You can't, don't even need to like look in the code to see. It kind of feels like oh there's a whole thing that Zelda refers to. You know when she like when they after you get the three spiritual stones, when you go back to the castle, but then the gates are shut, and it you know she rides out with Sheikah, or mm-hmm. she, or is that you know Impa? Excuse me, Impa, and she throws the ocarina back. Yes. Well, when you like touch the ocarina, obviously you learn the song of time, but then there's like this one line in there that it always felt like it was left in by accident, where Zelda's like play this song to open the door of time, and then. The second sentence before the third one is like, uh, what we had is really special and I'll never forget that night. And, but I don't know what it's referring to. Like it has to be that. Interesting. I've actually, um, I actually have the code here. Oh, you do? (laughs) You do? And I, I see a part of the code that wasn't in the actual final version of the game. It says that Navi, Link's little fairy companion, was originally supposed to be a, a volleyball. No! Oh my gosh! No way! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Which that's actually incredible. is weird because um, I think that's a that's a sort of like allusion or, or homage to um, Castaway, but Castaway yeah. didn't come out till years later. No, you're right. I think it was like three or four years later. Like, holy! Mo- that's that is wild, man. Video games are cool. Oh, man, I love video games. Uh, uh, are we going to a break now? Uh, do you want it? Would you like to take a break? No, I don't know. Do you take breaks in your show? <laughs> we don't. We, we usually don't, but we always could. If anyone, this is a this is a note to all the future guests listening who haven't listened or who haven't been on the show, and the past guests who are listening. You've always had the agency to call a break. It's up to you. Uh, oh, that's, great! Oh, that's so funny. Um, so was there? What else? I mean, is there? What do you remember about? I know about like when you played the game, was there anything special about the context of when you played it? I know you kind of said like you played with your dad a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, but what was special to you about playing this game? Well, again, to me, it felt like, uh, a lot of the 64 games I had at the time were multiplayer games like smash mm-hmm. or uh, Mario Kart. Oh, it was like the multiplayer system. Yeah, and I felt like this was like the first like solitary experience for me besides like a Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. 
where I kind of like, like I said, like I, I have to figure out like how to beat yeah. this and, and, and what to do. And yeah, also just like you said, the atmosphere is just amazing. If it, it feels cinematic at, at points yeah. and I, I, again, to bring this back to, it does feel like a movie, like big, you know, mm-hmm. like it does, it does feel like you're playing out this grand, uh, film and, at the time it just it was the coolest looking game in my opinion because it was a fully realized 3d simulation you know it was just um and i think the music was a part of was a part of the atmosphere too which i love is and i still listen to occasionally just because it's so uh, great and it's just so nostalgic and brings me back to all the times that i played through the game yeah, I I feel the same way about the music, man. It is so good. I have you ever listened to the the like uh, mashup remix that is on YouTube called Ocarina of Rhyme? Yes, yes, I, I love that. So and, good. Um, any sort of uh, remixes or like um, live orchestra orchestras playing mm. the the songs is so great and uh, you know everyone should check this music out because it's, it's even on its own i think it stands uh, it as great music oh i love it too koji kondo thank you mm-hmm. sir for all the things you've done uh yeah this game was really cool i think uh, i mean like you i think the first time that i played this game well one one of my friend one of my friends did not mean it this way but I think it was being polite because they knew I hadn't played a game like this was like, I don't, I think that game is going to be too hard for you, which, oh, uh, really? which, which, yeah, which, you know, to be fair, a lot of games are too hard for me. So I don't think they were wrong, but at the same huh. time I was suddenly like, Oh, sounds well, like then, you need to get good Connor. Hey, you know what? Oh, it's true. I do need to get good. Um, I'm having a fighting game episode flashbacks now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was like one of those things where it was like, all right, well, I want to do this. And I mean, it feels like you were kind of expressing something similar when you were talking, which is like, this is up to me. This is an adventure and a challenge I want to take out, take on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, we kind of joke here and we say parts of the game are scary, but at the time they truly were scary. Absolutely. My friend, I've talked about this before, I think, but my friend, uh, Eddie Martin, former guest of the show talks about how one, one Halloween and this, his story was just visceral to me. It was like one Halloween that, uh, he actually dressed up as link. He was playing through the shadow temple, the night of Halloween. And to me, mm-hmm. that wasn't even my experience, but I was like, oh, I totally understand how cool that was, especially yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of, I mean, the further yeah. you dive into this game, the creepier and more sad and real it gets. If you actually think about what's going on, um, but so that all all that stuff is like, I think that's really valid. Yeah, this sort of like decomposing hand that is like <laughs> yep. an, an enemy in the game, yeah. and it, when you chop it up, it becomes smaller, a little <laughs> decomposed, yeah. like just hands. It's it's terrifying. Oh, it really is. Um, Oh, a couple things. Oh, a couple things I wanted to ask you because this is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, is uh, do you have a favorite temple, and if so, what temple? Ooh, that is yes. Uh, let me see. It has to maybe be Fire Temple. 
because again it was the first one i experienced and i still i think i like link the most in the red tunic love red tunic underrated uh red Mm -hmm. tunic link Mm -hmm. and uh just i don't know it's kind of fun saving all the gorons yeah in that section although i can see it becoming a little more tedious uh on plate replays that section of the game but sure i mean that that is uh, that's up there fire temple but i i mean i also love shadow temple primarily mm-hmm. because of the music and the atmosphere and it, it again it feels like you're being with each temple it feels like you're being transported into different types of games too yes definitely Ah, uh, that is so cool. Um, well, cool. Well, hey, before we move on to any to like some fun stuff I have at the end of the show, was there anything else you didn't get to say about this game that you wanted to, or any sort of like last thoughts you have? Yeah, so I had the original version one of the game, I, I believe, because oh, really? it had the original music for Fire Temple, which yes. is like this included these chants in the game, which they later took out uh, to avoid controversy, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so I remember that, that that original music was great. And I think there's also blood yes. left in in that version of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and like I think when you cut Ganon, his blood was red, but in the like the updated version, it's green. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think something else with the mirror shield, it's a different design or something too. Oh, yeah, maybe with... With like the it's like the crescent moon or something like that. Yes, yeah. I believe so. Really cool. Um, I love all that. That's that's the thing is this game also. I mean, because it had a, for the time a long development history. There's so many like little Easter eggs or like development stories. Like when we get to the part of the show later where I tell you facts about the game, uh, mm-hmm. there are so many things that I obviously left out, but I just it's just hard to choose. Yeah, I mean the uh, the homages to Mario and Luigi, Lon Lon Ranch, yes. the um, uh, Mario, Peach, and Yoshi showing up in the princess's like courtyard yeah. window. I love that. And if you, That's I great. love when you like shoot a little as young Link, you shoot a a Deku nut or a Deku seed or whatever, and then like the soldier will look out and scold you and throw a bomb out there. Oh, but yeah, yeah, that's funny because the soldiers want you to nut all over the, <laughs> the castle. That uh, is what they were worried about. Yeah, but yeah, that stuff is great. And all the mini games are, are, are super fun. Mm-hmm. Like the bomb chew stuff it can get a little frustrating, but it's always rewarding. Yep. Um, this this yeah. game, uh, what kind of what you're starting to talk about made gave me a thought and I wanted to share it, which is this was a game and this is remains a game that is not crazy to one hundred percent, but there still is a challenge there's still enough of a challenge to it, but it's not like doing Breath of the Wild and finding nine hundred Korok seeds. Totally. And that's another thing that you, you that reminded me of is uh I think you know, this is what introduced me into RPGs because I, I don't think I've played an RPG before this game. And I mean, it's a, it's a genre that I do love. And I, th- I think this is what opened me up to that kind of genre of game. That's really cool. Yeah, it's funny how like just going from maybe playing more platformers or puzzle games to like an adventure game can open you up to another genre like RPGs. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because this this is not totally an RPG because you're not necessarily leveling up your character, but you are mm-hmm. adding attributes and collecting items along the way. 
Yeah. So, but it it has like many RPG elements. So it's like when people call it like Zelda games an RPG, I always am like, I don't know, but it's like it has some elements to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, sweet. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we move on to some fun segments? Uh, Zelda's freaking hot. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not sexualized any of these video game characters. Um, <laughs> I did read something recently that apparently uh, a lot of fans of the game thought that was when Zelda would become chic, it was like her using magic to transform into this other character. But oh. I guess Nintendo debunked it and said, no, it's actually just her in a disguise. Yeah, that's funny. I never I never knew that that was like a, a rumor, a suspicion going around. Interesting. I always thought that. I always thought like, Oh, this is clearly her, but she and I and I I think it it only cemented that idea cemented it for me when when she first appeared in one of the Smash Brothers games, like maybe Melee. Yes, when she has that move to become Sheik, mm-hmm. it's like oh, a magic. Yeah. It's like a magical. It's magic. She's using magic to yeah. become Sheik. It's not like she's going into like a phone booth and become and like. Taking her glasses off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, you know, I think, I mean, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure like uh, Sheik is like an homage to Superman. So it's like like the original movie. So it kind of makes sense to me. That they right, right. It's just, uh, it's just Nintendo trying to shut down any sort of similarities to Superman and and their and Zelda's franchise. It's true. They get they get their comparisons all the time, but they're probably just tired of it. So hmm. interesting. Uh, well, very cool. Uh, July, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing about like your experience with the game and how you found it. Uh, and and also just like what it meant for you kicking you off on other stuff. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. So we're going to move on to the end of the show. I always have two fun segments I do. The first one is the fact me by your game segment where I just tell facts to my guest. They are, it could be like Easter eggs, could be development history, uh, could be secrets, could be a lot of stuff. Um, So um, all of my facts today uh, come from the, uh, I don't know if you watch this YouTube channel, but do you watch, do you know, or did you know gaming? I do occasionally. Yes. Great channel. Uh, like they have a lot of facts and secrets and stuff. Uh, sometimes I'll like refer to their videos for this section of my show. But the first one is that originally uh, Ocarina of Time was developed in the same engine as that of Super Mario 64. And they were actually being developed at the same time originally. Mm. So, um, but the cool, th- that's not the cool thing about it. The cool thing that was, is that, uh, over time the engine was altered to be more appropriate for this type of game than Mario 64. And that they were actually considered two different engines. Um, and they actually also during this time shared ideas between the two games to see what would be, um, like what might work well in another game. Uh, they did that during development. Uh, but then, which is exactly what happened between Super Mario Bros. 1 and Zelda 1. Um, in fact, they shared so many secrets or so many development, uh, I guess, tips and ideas, ideas really, that uh, did you know that originally Ganon's Castle in Ocarina of Time was planned to function as a hub world similar to that of Peach's Castle and going through the paintings? Oh, really? I yes. didn't know that. Yeah. So, you, in fact, even to dive a little further on that, um, there's kind of a remnant of that. 
uh, kind of like how there's remnants in the game of uh, we were talking earlier about the big reference in the Sweet 16 party. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is this is another real one where, um, you know, in the Forest Temple, how you fight Phantom Ganon and he goes in and out of the paintings. Yes. So that was original. That's like kind of an homage to their original idea was that you would go to different like worlds or temples through that. That makes sense. Yeah. That's very reminiscent of Mario jumping into the paintings for sure. Yeah. So I thought that one was really cool. Um, the second uh, fact uh, is that a Link's design was originally based on that of a Hollywood actor. Um, now, Hollywood we, actor. Yeah, but the thing about that one is that we've actually never learned which one. However, Ocarina of Time character illustrator Yasuke Nakano has said before that Link's design along with Ganon's was based on a Hollywood actor. Um, and then character designer uh, Satoru Tazakawa has stated that Ganondorf's character was based off of uh, a guy named Christopher Lambert, who's best known for his role in the uh, Highlander series. Highlander series. Yeah, exactly. Do you, so you know what he looks like? Yeah, he plays uh, Raiden in the Mortal Kombat movies. Yes, he does. Super interesting. In, in fact, in the chat, I just dropped a little... I mean, you know what he looks like, but I just dropped a little picture of him. Yes, um, yes. And it's funny, his name is uh, in the Highlander series. Do you know what it is? I don't recall what it's his name. It's actually nothing to do with Zelda. It's just Connor McCloud, which I thought was interesting. Oh, it's oh that's right. Connor McCloud. It's like me and Star Fox in one. <laughs> um, it is. Very, very close. Uh, my, In fact, my middle name is Connor Fox McCabe. Um, wow, Foxy. Anyway, foxy man. Uh, the last e- the last one I have to share with you is an Easter egg, and this is one that I don't know if you watched m- when I played through the Forest Temple on my stream earlier uh, this year, but um, this was something I discovered for the first time on my own, but then uh-huh. I also saw it confirmed in Did You Know Gaming, uh-huh. and that is the Poe sisters' names are actually a reference to the novel Little Women. Oh, really? Yes. Um, in fact, so when you encounter the Poe sisters, which are like the mini bosses in the forest temple. Uh, uh-huh. When you're Z targeting any character in the game or any enemy, you can talk to Navi and she'll tell you maybe like a like a weakness point or tell you their name. So when you do this with them, I went through and their names are Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy after the March sisters in the novel. It's just pretty interesting. Their names are Meg, Joe. Yeah, one of them is Meg Joe. Well, it's Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy. And there's Meg Joe, and then there's uh, there's Allison Phillips. So it's I think it's a wild reference. Wow, even back then, they yeah, knew. Dude. I know. Like I thought the uh, Castaway thing was was like pretty crazy, but this is even a step further. Wow, this is, this is uh, well, I shouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> I mean, they they have the power to uh, uh, travel through time in the game. I'm sure. Yes. How how, I mean, that's how they're so good at improv. That's Um, that's good. Well, that'll take us to the end of the Fact Me Buy Your Game uh, segment. Again, thank you to the Did You Know Gaming YouTube channel uh, for those uh, very cool facts. There's obviously um, so many about this game, but those are the ones we shared today. And the last recommendation, July, or the last thing we'll do is the game recommendations segment. Mm. Um, So I always do this segment. This is my one, uh, like, forced tie to the movie Call Me By Your Name, hence the title of our show. And... Um, I'm doing these recommendations as if you were moving on from this game to something new and you needed a new relationship in a sense. So, Oh, I see. And so, you know, in real life, when people finish dating uh, someone, sometimes they date, but the next person they date is exactly the same, like very similar. Sometimes I they wouldn't date, know. I wouldn't hey, know. 
Hey, well, don't worry. I'll spell it out for you. We'll, we'll, we'll get on the same page. Um, I've never dated anyone. I never will. Hey, well, that's the July Diaz guarantee right there. Uh-huh. Perfect. <laughs> um, I'll also, sometimes people date uh, someone that's wildly different. Other times they date someone out of left field. So that's how these recommendations have been curated for you. So the okay. first one I wanted to recommend to you, I wanted to recommend another uh third-person action-adventure game that's a little more refined and modern, and that game would be Bloodborne on the PS4. Have you played this? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I've, I've seen uh, the cover art. <laughs> Same here. Um, I've never played it, though. I've, I've heard that it's good. It's in this. Uh, is it developed by the same people who did um, Dark Souls? Correct. Right? Yes. I was okay. this close to just recommending a Dark Souls game, but I was like, oh, I'll take it a step further and recommend Bloodborne. You know, I I want to do it. I just, I played, uh, what is it, Sekiro? Isn't that also made by yes. the same developer? I I found myself so like not into the difficulty of mm-hmm. the game immediately. And Hey, maybe that's just the, uh, I need to take my own advice and get good, but uh, <laughs> it's true. Well, I did read something. I play most of my console games on a projector and I, I've read something that there's a little delay with oh. the projector. So maybe I just need to play on a, on a TV. Yeah, that might help. Also, I do think Bloodborne is a little, a uh, little bit easier than the Souls games, and it's more like uh, it encourages you to be on the offensive instead of like countering all the time. Oh, okay, okay. So, so it might be worth checking out. Um, okay. Then the next one, I wanted to give you a recommendation that, like Ocarina of Time, was genre defining for 3D action adventure games. I wanted to give you another genre defining game and you i would guess you've probably played this game but that would be halo combat evolved i have played this game and i do not like the single player aspect of it oh you're not a fan of the story mode i've yeah because i started with two i believe on the 360 Mm -hmm. or no three I think it was three. Yeah, three was developed for the 360. Yeah, because one and two were Xbox originals, right? Correct. So yeah, like I said earlier, I I skipped Xbox. So my entry game to the series was three, and it was mostly just because of the multiplayer aspect of it. And when I jumped into the single player campaign, it felt like... Because back then I would play a lot of modern warfare. Mm. Uh, it it just felt like a, a downgrade to me. Sure. It just yeah. felt like a little slower and a little more, um, I don't know, just sluggish. And it, it was hard to adjust. But I, I remember multiplayer being fun for, for three. But hey, maybe, um, maybe I'll jump back and uh, try Halo Combat Evolved. Dude, is there like a remastered version of, of the games I, there is for the current xbox uh there's like the halo master collection we'll have uh this one on there got it got it yeah well hey we're two for two with uh games you won't play <laughs> so let's go for three for three <laughs> so this one is a completely out of left field recommendation the only tie this will have to ocarina of time is that there is time travel in the game and that would be back to the future the game oh on my god PC. have you played this 
No, I've seen some gameplay of it, though, and it looks fun. It's only for the PC. I think it's also on Steam, but I don't think it's on any consoles. But it, it might be on, like, PS3. I would have to look that up. Okay, I'll look it up. If it's available for a console, I'll definitely check it out. But I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I want to dip myself into this PC game. I'm just being so negative now at this point. I don't know if I want to do this. But, uh, yeah, I never really dipped my toe into PC gaming. Have, have you much? Have you much done some PC gaming? A lot more as a kid. Very few games now. In fact, this is probably the last game I bought for the PC the year it came out because I'm a big Back to the Future head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game, I mean, what I'll say about it, because I have played this game all the way through, is that if you like the movies Back to the Future, you'll love this game. It's just like, and it's kind of like you're just solving problems. It's not really, you know action oriented you're solving problems and puzzles and uh, walking around as doc and marty and kind of just like a new back to the future story and it works really great syrians appear the the libyans the libyans i don't believe the libyans do and i but i think no but syrians do appear oh okay so the libyans do not but syrians do appear yeah. In fact, most of the game is based on is like Marty uh, helping out on a, at a refugee camp. So. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. that, that sounds interesting. I'll definitely check that out. Totally worth it. So yeah, I, I that game is really fun, really funny, a lot of personality. But that's the end of the game recommendations in July. That brings us uh, to the end of the show. So wow. Um, I know it's happened so fast. Uh, before we go, uh, first, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on. It was really fun to hang out with you and talk about uh, one of each of our favorite games ever today. Uh, of course. Uh, I mean, there's so much we left out, but there is. I think the main thing is if anyone who hasn't played this needs to go play it. Absolutely. I would recommend... Um, I love the original version. Uh, the ports on like Wii U, the Wii U eShop, that one is great. Uh, but I recommend the 3DS version. It's, I think, the best way to play it. And if you've played this game a million times like me, do mm-hmm. the Master Quest because I like having the puzzles and the dungeons be a little different and having the world flipped. I mean, it sounds like, you know, just a 180 flip of the map is not enough to make it interesting. But if you know where everything is in every corner, it actually does make it more interesting, so definitely oh, speaking, check it out. Speaking of which, have you have you seen the Ocarina of Time randomizer game? Have I know about that? this. Some people I've seen people on Twitch play this. Yeah, that's where I, I got introduced to it as well. Is um, that almost seems like the thing that might transition me into playing a PC game because I think that's only available oh. for PC, and it essentially randomizes where you get every item in the game but it doesn't do it in a way where it does it in a way where you can still beat the game oh, but so everything like is just out ever yeah but it, it, like let's say if you need to get um like the hook shot it's not going to be where it normally is it might be in the fire temple or it might be in the beginning of the game when you're still young link interesting oh so funny Oh, that would be fun to check out. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of the, I mean, it's one of the greatest games ever. I know the formula of this game was like overdone by the Zelda console games. I still love them all, uh, but this was just like genre defining and was, so it's one of those games where, I mean, if we're talking about the best Zelda game, you could probably make an argument for it, but it, I think more of this game's legacy is like the impact that it had and how it like sent 3D action games on 
on a path like to find it. So pretty special. Yeah, it's very special. Um, well, killer dude. Well, thank you again. Um, go ahead and uh, plug whatever you'd like. Then I will do some plugs and I'll end the show for us. I can plug whatever I want. Hey, you can, I'll go ahead and just give you that agency right now. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I plug, um, the video versions of this podcast. Uh, I think they're great. You should do more of them. I can't (laughs) wait until we do my modern way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could put some time into that for sure. Um, and then I want to plug, uh, my podcast inside video games and gaming with July Diaz. Uh, it's on a hiatus right now, but it's, uh, going to be coming back soon with a new format. So look out for that on Mm -hmm. available on every podcast platform. Uh, it's available. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that was, that was it for you. You're all good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, I guess you don't want to plug Jack Gilbert's Instagram, but that's fine. So I'll go ahead and plug some stuff. Uh, Why are we bringing this guy's (laughs) name up? (laughs) I had to, uh, this show is is insane. This is, why are we doing this? You know, I, I I chat with Jack Gilbert uh, all the time and love Jack. He's great. But I think it's get this is getting to his head and it needs to stop. <laughs> it's getting to his head. Okay. We'll he loves ahead. it too much. Oh, he does. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna take that. There's been there's there's been word, um and th- I want I'm gonna say this is off the record, but actually keep this in, in sure. the show. Okay, you got it. There are actual text threads of mutual peep friends in this community that don't know Jack. That are just bringing him up and saying and sharing a photo of him. I don't know where they got this photo of him in New York. Asking, what happened to this guy? No way. Is this for real? <laughs> this is real, and uh, I'll talk about it more after we're done recording. Okay. Well, good. Well, I can't wait to hear. Uh, well, thanks again, dude. Uh, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaremy Schmidt. You can listen to his show, Video Games, a comedy show, as we go down the road to 100. Uh, we're reaching the 100th episode of that show. Um, this uh, next one that comes out, you'll hear, will be on Top 10 uh, Gaming Handhelds. Uh, you can find me. Oh, I've got a, too many plugs this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, I just released uh, a pilot that I worked on uh, like a couple years ago with some good friends called Dave and Bruce. It's about a, a regular guy who is roommates with a city vigilante. You can find that on YouTube. Just search Dave and Bruce pilot. That's really fun. Uh, We just had a premiere for it Friday. I would love for you all to check it out. Um, Also, I perform at Improv at the UCB Theater, and we're going to be doing some online heralds. So uh, that is already starting. But next Monday, uh, that would be uh, May 25th. My team Jet Set is up at, I think, 7 p.m. in UCB uh, Comedy's YouTube channel. Have you done Um, a practice yet? We actually have a practice literally after this at 5 o'clock. Okay. Cool. We we did like a workshop like a month ago, but not we we haven't been we've been hanging out, but not practicing. I have a little tip for you. Ooh. I mean, Use names. Use name. Oh yes, like an online improv. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very important. Cool. All right. Use names. They're from the from the king himself, July Diaz. Uh, and then the last uh, plug is that um, my internet is 
like pretty back so i can stream uh stream video games again i've been streaming some uh, old baseball stuff on my channel at twitch.tv slash cons is cool but i earlier in the year was streaming through this game the legend of zelda ocarina of time the stream for which release. was so much fun to watch and uh, it oh, uh, thank you. really made me want to go back and play the game at some point and uh hopefully you finish you finish that stream yeah i mean uh, well yeah that's actually the plan this week july i'm gonna pick it up uh starting uh Tuesday, May 19th. I'm going to do 4 p.m. We're going to pick up at the Shadow Temple, which is where we got cut off months ago, and we're going to finish the game this week. Awesome. Yeah, so that's it for me. That's it for my guest, July Diaz. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask outside, please, and uh, go ahead and play this game. One of the greatest ever. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.